What's up, buddy? Welcome back to the AJ Bucon Podcast. Been talking about stories a lot, living a great story, dealing with the ups and downs of life, and kind of taking control of the narrative um, that we have going on in our lives. Instead of accepting the way things are, we, you know, use whatever powers we can to uh, change the story. Uh, to change the way that we perceive it, uh, to make it one that works for us. Uh, last week, or excuse me, not last week, on my last podcast, talked about that uh, shitty first draft and uh, how sometimes, you know, when something happens to us, uh, whether it be uh, like an incident at work or maybe a falling out with a friend or, you know, conflicts within the family, uh, we we tend to um, create stories in order to explain them, and particularly when we don't have all the information that we need to have. And so we, we write, as I said before, uh, we write these shitty first drafts that take us to a place where we don't really want to be. And so it's really important that we we're able to separate what's going on with with the reality of, of the situation. So that's what I've been trying to do a lot lately. Um, you know, again, 31 years teaching right now, uh, doing the job that I love, the one that, um, you know, fill, fulfills my uh, need for uh, connection and for um, creativity. And it's what I love to do. And I think there are a lot of people out there that do, that do have jobs that they love, uh, careers that uh, they have embraced. Uh, if not, they're maybe outside of their jobs. They're living lives that... Um, and that's where they, they have their passion, whether it be with traveling, cooking, creating, uh, simply enjoying family is also part of their passion. And so I think it's important that in our lives, we, we continue to gravitate towards the things that, um, fulfills those needs that we have. So speaking of needs, uh, this episode I have, is going to be piggybacking on the, uh, my last blog that I wrote at ajbucon.com. Uh, the last one that I wrote, I entitled uh, Papa Sanity. It was a tribute um, to stu- my students who had worked hard on a project, but it was also kind of a, a reaffirmation of you know what I do in my life uh, to kind of change the narrative, to kind of direct life in the way that you know, I think I, I need it to go for me, but also for the people around me. So uh, for those of you that uh, have not read it, uh, I thought I would just take a moment, even if you have read it, um, I thought I would take a moment and uh, read it to you here, uh, if that's okay with you. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Thank you very much. This is Papa Sanity, and when I'm done reading, I'm going to explain to you, kind of give you a little bit more context, but I think, you know, the the post speaks for itself, and we'll kind of go from there. So this is Papa Sanity. I posted this on my website, Time and Space, at ajbucon.com on October 10th, uh, 2021. Alrighty then. Let me think about this. Insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. I have been teaching 
31 years. Oh, that's right. I have been getting up every morning more or less at dawn to arrive at school somewhere between 6.45 and the first bell at 7.30. I have been blessed to have spent those years inside a classroom with an incredibly diverse collection of high school students in North Carolina and here in West Virginia. You know what? It is my passion and I love it. The willingness to change, to adjust the ever-evolving needs to the ever-evolving needs of students, to reinvent when projects do not work anymore, to envision possible outcomes to stories that have yet to be written. This has been my non-secret secret, and has been my mindset to avoid the complacency and frustration that can easily edge its way into the heart of any profession, especially teaching. I have taught seniors for longer than I can remember. I have recreated more rubrics, searched for more content, planned more original lessons from scratch than an outsider may actually say, hey, come on, can't you do the same thing every year? How hard is teaching? The irony is that I have always wanted to be able to have so many locked in, pull them out of the drawer, pull them out of the folder lessons that I never have to plan anything again. I actually have the dusty torn folders as evidence of this. Fortunately, that dream has never come to fruition. Every year I have a vision for my class and my students. But what I do have is a collection of tried and true recipes that with minor and occasionally major tweaking can be used in different and unique ways for the different and unique students in my care every year. A couple weeks ago, as I was planning my rhetorical analysis unit for my seniors, I happened across an old folder that had Papa Squares written in faded pencil across the tab. My colleague Betsy Knorr shared this idea she had discovered on one of the many educational websites she peruses for new ideas. With her permission, I stole the idea, changed it, adjusted it, and envisioned how the story of my students doing this project would develop into something educational and memorable. Allow me to give you a crash course in Papa Squares. Papa is a way to help students test their own understanding of a piece of rhetoric, argumentative writing, or speech. PAPA is an acronym for persona, audience, purpose, and argument, and is the foundational understanding for any kind or any type of analysis, yada, 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 yada. Each student creates a folded interactive square with moving flaps out of a gigantic sheet of cardstock on which every side and flap has some individual part of the analysis. My English 4 students had already read and analyzed George W. Bush's 9-11 speech, and they begrudgingly awaited the standard typed essay to follow. I was so excited to tell them that we would would have plenty of time for that later and that we were going to make, ta-da, a Papa Square. I proudly displayed my own square I had made years ago with its colorful flaps and text written on the inside and backside and flip side. I found it amazing and and glorious, but from the look on their faces, they found it insurmountable and frightening. 
I know my students come to the table with different abilities. Any educator worth their salt knows this and creates assignments that allow individual skills to shine while developing those which need growth. Some students are great writers. Some have tremendous artistic skills. Some excel at math and measuring. And some can barely use safety scissors. You know what? All of this is perfectly fine when we are making Papa Squares. When the day arrived and my students see Papa Sanity on the smart board as the agenda for the next two days, we all settled in, or attempted to flee, meticulously measured and cut paper, tossed scraps aside, learned to laugh at our own imperfections, struggled with starting over or fixing mistakes, helped one another, distracted one another. We embraced the chaos, and that is perfectly fine. Draw a 3-inch by 5-inch rectangle. What do we do? Draw a 3-inch by 5-inch rectangle. Wait, wait. Mine is different than his. It's smaller. We are using inches, not centimeters. Hey, hey. Can we ADHD people move back to this table? We work. We work better together. Um, okay, I'm not sure that that is a good idea, but... Hey, hey, great, great, great. Come on back here. I am moving on to stage three. If you are not quite finished with stage two, I promise I will come back to help you. Just keep moving forward. Wait, wait. What are we doing? I'm still on the first stage. Are we supposed to be writing this in pen? Yes, black or blue ink as it says on the slide. Wait, wait, what? I I've been writing in pencil. What do I do? Write in pen. Does anybody have a pen? Oh, oh, wait, 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 I have one. Two days later, we all looked at our Papa Squares, taking pictures for the back wall where I have displayed the Live a Great Story flag I bought this summer. I placed it in the back of the room as a reminder to all of my seniors to embrace the daily experiences they have and find a message among all of the moments of exhilaration, stress, mediocrity, and even chaos. They were so happy to be finished with this project. Unfortunately, I had to break the news to them that there was one more part to this crazy Papa Square project. The essay. Oh, the groans, the complaints, the eye rolls. I laugh in the face of adversity, particularly when I am confident a story is going to have an epilogue that unifies the message better than the actual ending. We all did this Papa Square together. We all finished it, right? Here's the thing. We all had different obstacles, though. Some struggled with writing. Some struggled with measuring and cutting. Some struggled with their teammates. And hey, I absolutely know that some of you struggled with me. I struggle with myself sometimes because I can, I can be annoying. Now it is time to tell your story in your own style about the obstacle you overcame to complete this project. 
I want your story to have a meaningful message for anyone, even someone who has no idea what a Papa Square is or has never set foot in this class. At this moment, Papa Sanity became something so much more than a rhetorical analysis or a, a folded cardstock square with colorful designs. Papa Sanity became a vehicle for these young people to attach meaning to what could have been just another meaningless project in school to them. These kids dove into this personal account about writing, about some incredible lessons they had learned, like being able to recognize one's faults and, and problems as the only way a person can improve, or even acknowledging that there will be times you aren't understanding, but do not give up when things are at their worst. I love teaching for moments like this. I can live my own great story engaging a classroom of teenagers from beginning to end on a project like Papa Sanity, while at the same time being a small part of the great story my students share about their own lives. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very, very much. I appreciate it. Thank you. So hey, um, that was uh, that's Papa Sanity. Uh, if you want to read the the blog itself, uh, it's at Time and Space is the name of my blog page, and the the web address is ajbucon.com. Um, but I, let me give you a little bit more insight into it. I, I want to take a moment to to kind of do this and you know put some uh, extra context to it. Um, as I said in the blog, I've done this project one time before. It is really, it is really one of those projects where, as a teacher, I have to take a deep breath and say, "Do I really want to do this? Does the does the end product really warrant the stress and um, anxiety that can that, that it's, I'm going to experience and the students are going to experience, probably going to experience as well? Um, have to get together all the cardstock, have to make sure that the the directions are really airtight and clear." Um, to the students so that every single student in the class can have an opportunity to be successful. Um, it doesn't mean that, you know, as we're doing this project that I don't have people who, you know, claim they are using a ruler, um, but are not making a straight line. Uh, it doesn't account for, you know, I have to be able to account for, you know, those students that are struggling understanding, um, you know, where to write the text um, that they have. I, I typically have to be prepared for students who have not come prepared for class with the writing uh, that they needed to have done for the Papa Square. And so there are all kinds of variables that kind of fall into this, you know, when I choose a, a project as a teacher. And so what I decided to do was, um, you know, ride the wave. And I think sometimes that's what we have to do in certain situations in our life, particularly when you, you have something of value that you really want to accomplish. You know, for me, it, you know, I think it'd be easy to say, okay, let's just, you know, let's just write, you know, the standard essay on this and move on. But I think there was a larger lesson to be learned here. And it, it was worth the time uh, to me. So I, I took it and I said, okay, how do I want to do this with this particular group of students? Um, you know, I mentioned in the blog that, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, as a teacher, you have your lessons that you use every year and, you know, you can pull those out and give them to the students and move on and just, you know, that somehow we're just these robots and these students are, 
uh, our robots as well. We can just pull out a handout and do this and do the same thing over and over again without losing your mind. And, you know, I, I know that I'm sure that there are some people that do that, but I, I personally can't. It's not rewarding to me and it's definitely not rewarding to the students. And so if I pull something like this out of the, the file drawer and I look through and I say, oh, okay, how's this going to work? I always make little changes because I, I, as a teacher, I have to be able to look at them and say, what are their differences? What are the things that, uh, that make them unique as individuals, but also unique as, as a group? And so that's what I had to do with the Papa Square. And so, you know, involved like getting everything set up, making sure they had the right paper, or the, the safety scissors, everything that was like they needed to have in order to complete the project. And so, yeah, it was something that I knew was going to take at least three days to do. And when I say three days, that means three class periods of um, about 70 minutes each. So it was one of those projects where there was going to be a lot of noise. There was going to be uh, paper on the floor. There was going to be there were going to be people that were confused, people that got left behind um, at times, and people have I have to go back and bring up the speed. And I, I knew going into that 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 was going to be the case. But that's what. I think that's what made it uh, Papa Sanity, and that's why I called it that, because it's you know making the Papa square, but then I, I took off the N and Sanity and just said Papa Sanity, and that's what I told my kids. I said, this is going to be fun. It's going to be crazy. Um, some of you may get frustrated. That's okay. You just got to ride the storm, uh, ride the waves, do what you have to do to kind of get yourself to the end point, and we're all going to end up there in different places. Not everyone is going to finish at the same time. And that, that's what the exciting part about it is. That's why I call it a Papa Sanity. And I wanted them to, to kind of feel the energy of what we were doing. Um, <clears throat> let me give you, cause I, I think there was kind of a, a little irony, you know, in, in terms of the Papa. And I, I kind of glossed over it a little bit in, uh, in the blog, but I wanted to, you know, after the, the project was completed, I started thinking more and more about uh, Papa and how it really can help us in, in life itself. So Papa, an acronym, what stands for persona, audience, purpose, and argument. And persona um, is a term in psychology uh, popularized by Carl Jung. Um, it's that uh it's that self that we present to others, um, to our environment, to the people around us in order to accomplish something. Um, the idea that we kind of use when we're talking about this in terms of rhetoric is like everyone has a certain need um, that needs to be fulfilled or, you know, something that you want to be able to communicate and, you know, a role that you want to be able to play in certain situations. And that persona exists outside of our inner selves. It's the kind of the mask that we may put on. Um, it's the way that we want people to see us. And, you know, as a teacher, and I, I kind of use this as an example with them, like I, sometimes I know I have a little bit of sarcasm in my voice, but I try to be enthusiastic as a teacher. I try to be as welcoming as possible and kind of create that environment because that's the persona that I want to have for them. I want you know, my students to be able to feel that they're welcome in the class. And it's, it's tough sometimes. I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm perfect with that. Um, I do my best and we, we try to create that kind of, I try to create that kind of persona for everyone. It's not that it's, it's a fake aspect of our, of 
myself. It's just that that's the one that I really want to be at the forefront because I know that that's going to help engage them because going to the second part of Papa is the audience. So if the students are my audience, I know that many of them have certain needs that need to be fulfilled. You know, when I look at a group of 15 to, you know, 20 students and I'm looking at them and I'm saying like the, some students will have no problem following these directions. Some people have extreme anxiety when it comes to doing something creative and they have a lot of negative self-talk about what they can and they can't do. Uh, some people, students are struggling with writing. Uh, some people struggle with simply understanding what they have read and to be able to take them from that to this um, I have to be able to kind of connect with all of them at one time. And it's real as a teacher, I don't think, you know, I don't think people understand really what it's like teaching when you have to communicate to a large number of teenagers or even, you know, middle school students or grade school students and communicate with them what you, what you need them to do, the information that you are trying to help them process, the skill that you want them to develop. And it's hard to do that because not everyone has the same need in terms of what they want to accomplish on that day. Um, some people are gung-ho. They want to get everything done. They want to work hard. They want to have a good time doing it. Other people have something on their mind that has nothing to do with the class, and they just need to kind of find their way through that. And I think as, a, as an individual, we have to be able to sometimes look at the people around us and ask what is going on in their lives. Uh, and once we can kind of say, okay, let me make sure I can think about where this person is coming from, what needs that person has. Then it makes my situation a little bit easier. And that comes to the purpose. Like, what do I want to accomplish? And what is um, my, and we call, we call that exigence. It's like, what's my need, my urgent need that I want to get accomplished. And for me, I want to make sure that all of my students understood the, you know, the basics of Papa and understood, uh, the el- some key elements involving rhetoric. Is it the be-all and end-all of this particular content? No, but it is kind of a, establishing a foothold there. And then, you know, the argument. And, you know, the argument for me wasn't anything I was trying to um, teach necessarily with, with um, the rhetorical analysis, but the argument I was making is that, that overall we all have different obstacles that we need to overcome and we have to find ways of getting that done. And we can do it a little bit better by helping each other and, and, uh, moving along uh, with that. So, you know, the Papa really made me thinking about, um, you know, what, what we do in life and how we interact with each other. Um, when I started thinking about, you know, many of the things that students were writing on their, uh, personal account afterward, their account of, the same, very same activity that everyone did, but everyone had different takes on it. Um, it just proved what I was saying was true that, you know, some people readily admitted that, you know, this is what my issue was. This was the challenge that I faced. The challenge that I had faced had nothing to do with this particular situation. Because I think, and to me, it really, the classroom kind of represents a microcosm of what's going on in our worlds, um, period, you know, how many times do we just assume that we know what is going on in someone else's mind? How many times do we 
kind of go through day to day and we all seem to be doing the same thing. Like, you know, for example, at, at school, um, you know, our, the staff, our, our teaching staff comes in every day. We go through our classes, you know, we, we, you know, we change classes. Sometimes we eat lunch together. Or sometimes we stay in our rooms and work and like everyone seems to be doing the same schedule, but everyone is experiencing something different. And so I don't want to assume that everyone is having the exact same experience that I have. Um, and I think that's important in life in general. I think sometimes we all get caught up in thinking that everyone should be thinking the exact same way, experiencing something the exact same way, simply because we are experiencing it that way. And, you know, that's not, not, that's not what it is. And that's why when there are great moments um, of exhilaration, um, you know, like maybe at a sporting event or maybe when you watch a really good movie uh, with a large group of people that, you know, the great ones, the great moments are ones in which we all kind of take a deep breath and realize we've all been through this together and we all kind of feel the same kind of experience. And so, you know, for me, when I look at this, it, it was really successful um, as a teacher and as a class because everyone, you know, regardless of how they, they felt about the, the assignment, regardless of whether they were annoyed by my enthusiasm or um, they were upset with people that they were working with or, you know, they just had other things on their mind or maybe they were just, they were enjoying the whole thing. Everyone had the same, participated in the same experience but did so differently. And, you know, for me, in order to put this out there, it kind of, um, you know, I, I brought it on myself to do this. I wanted to be you know, kind of tell the story, um, myself personally, um, of doing this pop of sanity, uh, seeing my students kind of persevere through what is definitely a challenging assignment where they had to dig down deep and find some different skills that they had, some, some, um, fortitude that maybe they did not think they had in order to overcome the obstacles that they had. So, yeah, it was it was really exhausting for me. I mean, I, at the end of each class period, I was so damn tired. I was like, "Ooh!" But you know, it was one of those good tires when you feel like you've been working really hard and you've been in, engaged in something that um, requires you to, you know, raise your intensity, to raise your your level of commitment, uh, to accomplish something great. And you know, bottom line. I just wanted everyone to finish it and to fin and to feel good about what they, what they encountered. And I think that's what happened. Um, I look at it and I say to myself, and I, I remember that's why I, I kind of mentioned that, you know, at the very end of, of the blog there, which I think is, is kind of important to me. Um, the last part of it I, I wrote, I love teaching for moments like these. I can live my own great story, engaging a classroom of teenagers, from beginning to end on a project like Papa Sanity, while at the same time being a small part of the great story my students share about their own lives. And so when I, you know, to me, I'm going to, if I break that down a little bit more and talk about that, um, as a teacher, I know that I am not the center of the classroom. Um, that's going to sound crazy to people who are non-teachers saying, you know, the teacher, it's the teacher's classroom. Yeah, I get it. I'm responsible for what goes on in the classroom, but the true center of the classroom is the student. Um, it's what he or she is um, getting out of an assignment. And so to me, my story was choosing to 
create this assignment, choosing to present it in the way that I did, choosing to call it Papa Sanity, choosing to uh, put that logo across the front of the smart board, choosing to be, um, you know, present that persona of being really thoroughly excited. And it was a genuine persona. You know, that was my choice and that was my story. And so as I told my story in my blog, that's about me. That's what I accomplished. But when my students looked at it, um, there were some that mentioned me in their personal accounts. Some of them were like really hard on me saying, oh my gosh, you got on my nerves so much. Oh my gosh, if you said three by three inch by five inch rectangle one more time, I thought I was going to scream. Um, others were like, thank you. I was just so glad Mr. Bucon helped me out with this. I didn't think I could do it, but he kept, you know, encouraging me and telling me you could do it. You could do it. You had to, you know, just take your time, take a deep breath and do it. So I got, you know, when I read their, their personal accounts, I love that. I told them, I said, I don't care what you write about me. This is not my story. It's your story. So if you want to take me to task for something I said or did, you're more than welcome to. If you want to give me credit for something I said or did, more than welcome to. If you want to um, recognize people on your team that may have gotten on your nerves, um, we do it in a good spirit. We're not making fun of people. We're not bullying people. But we just say, you know, so-and-so kept talking and I couldn't get stuff done. And I had to persevere and kind of get over that. And that's, but that's their story. And that's what I was trying to say there. And I try, and I think they, they kind of got that, which was really, you know, after three days of craziness, that's what I wanted. I wanted to look at this idea of, you know, we tell our own story. We are the central people, no pun intended. We are the, the focus of our own stories. Um, and there are other people that are, that play certain roles in it, but ultimately we're responsible for what we create, how we perceive it, how we overcome those obstacles and whether we do or not. Um, and it's not the same for everyone. Um, there are certain situations that, you know, where people may not be able to overcome their obstacles and, but that is, you know, that's kind of what's going on in their lives and that's their cross that they, you know, they carry. Um, and hopefully that, you know, they find someone that can help them along the way. Um, but we also have to look at like other people that, you know, our lives, we are not always the centerpiece of someone else's story. Um, we may play an important role in it, but we're not the focus. That person is the focus. And that, that's kind of what I got out of this. And it was, you know, creating the Papa Square, three days of pretty crazy work, writing and cutting and drawing and pasting and gluing and all kinds of stuff. And then a couple other days of doing some thoughtful reflection and writing. And honestly, you know, as a teacher, and I know this, I hope you don't think I'm making this up. These are some of the best essays that I think um, many of my students have written for me uh, all year. And I had many of them last year as well, but they were some of the best essays that I, I think they've written because they were so genuine and so real. And so, you know, this is who I am and this was okay. And this is how I navigated through this. And, you know, when you take ownership and you, um, you, you tell your own story and you embrace what's going on, those by far are the, the best stories you can tell, uh, with that. So anyhow, that's some background on Papa Sanity. Um, uh, if, again, if you want to read it again, uh, it's at ajbucon.com time and space is the name of the website all my other blogs are up there as well hopefully you can maybe find some other ones that are of interest to you um 
I have two of my books are available on Amazon, uh, My Corner of the World, uh, Life Lessons from the Classroom, about my first year teaching at, at Central Catholic High School, and Sunday Mornings with Coffee, which is a, a retrospective look at uh, many of the blogs that I've written and kind of putting, putting them in a different context. So if you're interested in those, uh, take a look at them, and um, I hope you enjoy. So as we kind of go through life here, remember, take care of yourself, those that you love, um, you know, be kind, uh, to everyone, do your best to be, you know, uh, adhere to some positive values and be kind to other people. Um, and continue to live a great story yourself, you know, you know, find some aspect of your life that, you know, that, that you really can embrace. And thanks for listening.